BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials, and welcome back to The Toast. Happy Thursday. That feels like a Friday because we have uh, no work tomorrow because the holiday weekend. Uh, hey, Drax, how you doing? I'm darn good. Sitting with my green girl. If you're we're watching just... on YouTube, Claudia and I are in head-to-toe green. If we were on a green screen right now, you would be seeing nothing. We're, this show is right now like 90% green. Oh, my God. We're You know what? We've gone green, Claude. Jackie. Greta's influence. We've gone green. Greta's influence cannot be under overstated. I in think this, moment. this is what she meant when she asked us to go green. We heard her and we listened. And so we've gone green with our plastic cups and, and our, our plastic, plastic straws. straws. Cheers. Save the planet. <laughs> how well, you doing? It's I'm always asked. I'm always being asked how you doing. I never get to ask how you doing, even though I was the one who started. How yeah. you doing? Um, I'm okay. Like, I have been sitting here with you for, like, 15 minutes and you haven't mentioned my haircut. Because it's not drastic. I know, but, like, it, it's nice, you know, you know, I spent the money and the time at the salon. It's nice to be like, hey, great haircut. I'm just so used to you looking beautiful every day that it, it kind of doesn't register for me. I don't know. When you came in with a haircut, I was like, oh, my God, I love your haircut. You're so gorgeous. Like, you should be on the cover of a magazine. Like, I was just kind of fawning over you. And I was just, like, kind of expecting that sort of energy. Well, one, I saw your haircut on Instagram last night, so I felt like caught up. Okay. Two, it looks really similar. But three, I will say it looks like you got a really nice blowout. Thanks. I, I didn't do anything drastic. I got like a quick trim. You know, I'm losing my hair these days. I can't be affording to cut it all off, you know? Yeah, that's so unlike you. Usually you love to cut it all off. I know. Even though the annoying thing is like when you need your hair to grow, like you have to cut it. It's just so counterintuitive. No, but it makes sense. You, so oh my now God. we're a couple girls with just like healthy locks okay wait I just thought of something you have like moments that are like so inconsequential in your childhood I thought of this yesterday and now I just thought of another one like random moments in class that like were so humiliating but like we're really like nothing but you randomly remember them yeah okay I remember I was in two I remember I remembered something yesterday that was like so embarrassing that I did in, in actual kindergarten but um like it was so stupid and then I just thought of another one. When I was in the eighth grade, I don't remember. It was like a, a Bible class, a homage. And she was trying to make a metaphor about an, how in order for something to grow, you need to like cut it off or whatever. I don't remember what it was. She was like, so when you guys need your hair to grow, what do you do? And she called on me. And I didn't know at that time, like in the eighth grade, like in order for your hair to grow, you needed to cut it. So I remember answering. I was like, wash it. <laughs> and it was just humiliating because then like everybody shot up their hands. They were like, Cut it. I was like, okay, I guess okay, we all just knew that. That's a little advanced. Like, this Thank isn't you. cosmetology school. 
How would you know that? Thank you. But what just reminded me is something I wanted to tell you. I remembered yesterday. I don't remember how or why this popped into my memory, but like the most humiliating thing that happened to me in dead ass kindergarten. Okay. Part of like the kindergarten curriculum was every day somebody would come up and like do the calendar and like say what date it was. And I remember thinking like, (laughs) how does everybody know the date? Like it's such a, like to me, it was such a far off concept. Like month and day I'm like how are we all knowing this like I never paid attention I was just like dreading the day I got called on and I don't know if I knew that I was gonna get called on that day or I just had a feeling but I pretended to fall asleep and she was like Claudia come do the date and I just didn't move and she like literally came up and like was poking me and I was like pretending I was literally asleep even though any normal human being who was asleep who would have been woken up by like her screaming in my ear and I ended up doing it and like I if I had paid attention, I would have known. Like, she literally tells you, like, what the month and the date is. Like, you don't have to come into class knowing the date. I just remember being so, like, confused by the concept of the yeah. date. I'm like, how is everybody knowing what month and date it is? It was, and I was dreading, like, for weeks, like, my day coming up. And then I just pretended to be dead in the back of the classroom. Like, but, but I ended up figuring it out. It was humiliating. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, I remember, like... I think I ate a bag of Dipsy Doodles after I was like really like emo- that's feelings. when the emotional eating began. <laughs> I understand. I mean, as a child, you're not really responsible for time and like right. days, months. Now, I guess all kids know the date because they have cell phones. Right. But back then, like seriously, how was anyone supposed to know the date? when we? I didn't even know what dates were. I guess there's always like a calendar in the classroom, but still. But if I had paid attention, I, I would have like, known. But I do think the point of that exercise was to learn of dates. Course. That's how I'm sitting here today, knowing so that it's Thursday, May 25th. to learn about them because you don't know them already. No, I know. It was a vicious cycle. I understand. So you have any stories like that? Like trauma? Uh... I'm sure that I do. They just like pop into my head at random times and I actually suppress them because they're humiliating. Yeah. I also have like stories, like thoughts that I've had where like I didn't raise my hand in class where it's like, I wish I said that. What do you wish you said? Just like something stupid once about in Humash class. (laughs) Humash is like Torah, like Bible. Yeah. Calling it Bible makes it feel Christian, but we have a Bible too. But we yeah. call it like the Torah, Humash. Yeah. Talmud. Yeah. So I just had like an interesting thought that I feel like the class might have liked, but I wasn't brave enough to what share What was the thought? Share it out. We're, no. he- we're healing our inner child. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I just shared mine. Come on. Okay. Okay. So in Exodus. Okay. Which book is that? Five? That's when the Jews are slaves in Egypt and Moses brings them out. Okay. What book is that? Like three? I feel like that's not the end. Maybe no, four. No. Maybe four. Doesn't matter. The- okay. Irrelevant. No, I'm just testing my own Humash Objection. knowledge. Objection. Relevance. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. So Moses like goes to Pharaoh to, to like demand that he free, let my people go. Let my people go. And like the first time he goes in, he says it like with a really big boom in his voice, and then he like repeats it, and it's like kind of lower. And it the the Bible doesn't give like that much color to every. You're like, supposed to extrapolate. So like all the rabbis, they you know they spend their whole lives like adding color to the stories in the Bible. And so the way that like I saw it, like kind of like in a movie, like I. Well, that's like, kind of weird. Why would he say it twice? Like once loud, once, once quiet. Right. So there's I, meaning there that we're supposed to extrapolate. Right. And that was the conversation we were having in class. Okay. Like why say it once loud and once quiet? And I felt, and I feel like in the lines before it was like he was galvanizing people mm-hmm. to like go with him to Pharaoh to let his people go. And I feel like I could see it like it being in a movie where he like walks in, he has like all this like hype around him. He's like, let my people go. He's feeling go. confident. But then it's like, it, he didn't have as much fanfare behind him as he thought. And then he was like, let my people go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally the answer. And you should have said it. 
Okay, well. No, it's like we're all big and brave <laughs> until like we. Yeah, you say it and then it like echoes and you're like, oh, fuck, I thought I had peeps behind Right, me. right, but it's just me. So it's like, let my people go. <laughs> Please. P- PLZ. PLZ. <laughs> Interesting. And so you never said it. I never said but it. But you knew it. No, that's just like, I don't know that I knew it because it's all. Open to interpretation. Open to interpretation. But like that was my interpretation. I feel like the class might have benefited from it. Maybe even the teacher. Like she could have been teaching it. Like, maybe she had never heard that uh, that theory before. Right. And so maybe like I'm, I stifled like other years of classes learning. of learning. Yeah. Because they didn't have you that should be opinion. ashamed. <laughs> they didn't have that opinion to ruminate on. See, and nobody in the room at that time like thought twice about you or like what you were going to say but that's like something that sticks with you isn't it so weird <laughs> yeah everyone's on their own journey even though I'm telling you some kids in my kindergarten class definitely remember the girl who like pretended to be dead in the back of the classroom no because they don't really remember kindergarten and again everyone's like thinking about themselves yeah yeah like so glad they weren't called on to do the calendar yeah but what month was it it was either March or May, something with an M. I remember feeling like triggered by the month because I remember being a kid and I used to get seasonal allergies so like when the seasons were changing like I would have to take Benadryl and I would hardcore pass out in class but oh. it was like so acceptable it's yeah like, of course oh, she has allergies right like, she's down you're for like the, the sick count. girl she's down for the count her right. Benadryl kicked in right so maybe like they thought you had taken a Benadryl yeah I mean it was it was feeling unseasonably warm if I remember correctly if it was May you're kind of in the green zone green yeah. green um okay so that's today's unpacking of childhood trauma tune in tomorrow for more yeah, Even I'll though we don't have a show of, tomorrow. I'll try and think of more stories. So this is the last show everyone's going to see me before I go to Taylord at MetLife. Mm-hmm. And we have a bunch of Taylor news because she dropped a bombshell after the episode yesterday. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a bombshell, but she dropped a nice I would little, say it's a bombshell. little surprise for the fans. I watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians, season one, season three, episode one. Um, last night was also Vanderpump Rules reunion part one, which we're going to talk about in the TV recap segment. Mm-hmm. I know you didn't watch Kardashians, so let me just tell you, like, it was good. I'm excited. It was nice to have the girlies back. Like, there's definitely an undercurrent brewing between Courtney and Chloe. I mean, excuse me, Courtney and Kim. Mm-hmm. We know it's like about the Dolce, but there's just like a disconnect there that we're seeing. Like, Courtney was not really in the episode that much. Um, but there's every time she's talking about Kim, like, it's not good. Okay, I'm really excited to watch, but it came out at midnight, and Yar Girl was fast asleep. Me too. I watched it um, this morning while I was getting ready, because I'm in this like new era where I'm watching things in the morning. I feel like it's I such a great way more, to wake up. I watched more Ariana call her daddy while I got ready this morning, because I can just stick my phone on my mirror, because I have this little sticky, sticky grippy. thing, and I do my makeup in the mirror, and I watch. Like, it's, it's nice. perfect. Yeah, it's nice. So, We're just consuming content, firing on all cylinders. Consuming content, creating content. Yesterday... We posted a Patreon episode, um, kind of like the one everyone's been waiting for, about why I'm in New York, why I've been in New York, and like why I will be here for a little bit longer. And the whole story is on Patreon. I'm not going to tell the whole story again. The episode's 55 minutes. It's and like it's a six-week ex- saga. It's a six. It's very detailed. Um, but I will share with the toast because I'm not trying to like clickbait the news or anything. And like I feel like it's germane to if you're a toaster and not a Patreon toaster, like you still want to know. Deserve to know. But I did have some pregnancy complications that brought me to a doctor in New York. York um, to stitch up my cervix and now I'll be getting my care here for the rest of my pregnancy. And while the circumstances aren't great, we are just delighted to have you back, Jax. Thanks. It's been nice to be back with my girl Swirly. I know she needed me. I desperately needed you. And now I feel like you're in a good place with your maternity wardrobe. You got a huge package yesterday to the studio. You're currently wearing one of the pieces. Like, yes, it feels like all's right. Yeah, shout out to Smash and Tess because they have like uh, maternity jumpsuits and they sent me a couple of them and that's really what I'm feeling right now. Like, You look fab. I love a jumpsuit. 
which you, the Kardashians episode opens up with a Beyonce song, which is like so big budget of them. And I've been singing it all morning. What do you hear me? What do you hear me? I feel like falling in love. It's a uh, cuff it. I'm in the mood to fuck something up. It's such a like real line. I am in the mood to fuck something up. Maybe this episode. Maybe I'm gonna fuck it up. Maybe not. Perhaps not. No, in a Perhaps good way. Else. No, fuck it up is like, it, it could be good. Okay. Oh, I like, fucked that shit up. Like I tore it up. You know. Or like she fucked it up. Like she destroyed it. I wasn't. I think. Yeah. I, I wasn't saying the latter. I was saying I'm gonna fuck this up. Like let's fucking go, bitch. You know. Okay. Let's give them the best damn episode they've ever motherfucking seen. Okay. It sounds like you're saying a lot of conflicting things, but okay. Just know it's all positive. Okay. Just cool. Just I need pregnancy brain. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck it up in a good way. Mm. Is that so derogatory when people say that? Like, it's okay when the pregnant it. says it. So like what I just did, I, I was acknowledging was not okay. Yeah, mamas. Pregnancy brain. Get her. Mamas get her. The mamas came out in full force for you yesterday. I was like scrolling through comments, and what was so great? Well, not great, but you know what I mean. What was so positive about your episode was that. When you were dealing with this like weird kind of medical rarity that we didn't know much about, we didn't like have anyone we could talk to who was like, hey, did you have this? Like, what did you do? And that's the beauty of the toast and like such a great community of, of women, but especially moms was like so many people were like, oh, my sister had this. I had this. Here's what yes. happened to me. And it's just so much comforting not to know you're not like this freak. Like, yeah, no, and just to have hear like other people's stories, good stories, different um, like journeys, journeys that people have been on. And I figured that when I shared, like I would start to hear from more women who experienced the same, literally the same thing or something extremely similar. And I have, and it's been like very comforting to know like, oh, this is just like something that happens sometimes and, right. and we got to deal with it. And you're not like an outlier. It's like a thing. Yeah, which like I like I knew because like that's what the doctors have said, but it's different when like you know people or you've heard yeah. stories. Yeah. Well, I love you. I love you dearly. I'm so glad you're here. Touched. We're gonna give a gorgeous touched. episode. I'm touched. I feel so untouched and I want That's another like core memory, opposite of childhood trauma, like whatever the the opposite of that is. Like Core memory. Mm -hmm. um, when we met the Veronicas at Nobu, when we were like, we're in the city as kids, like for a big, I think it was your birthday, right? Yeah, I A think birthday so. extravaganza. And we were obsessed with the Veronicas. That was like at their prime and we saw them. Yeah. And we took a photo, right? Yeah, we did. We got to find that photo. I know, we always say that. It's like on Facebook somewhere. We, we haven't, haven't even looked. looked. We got to find it. Yeah. So until so. we find it, <laughs> I think that we should deliver yeah, I think the so past five stories that you need to know. <laughs> And today's episode is brought to you by Mattress Firm. So there are so many things that can keep one up at night. We're calling them sleep disruptors. Um, for me, it's, you know, dark thoughts. For others, it's back pain, whatever it is. Um, but that's why we took the Mattress Matcher from Mattress Firm. Mattress Firm has the tools and expertise to help you find the right mattress. Their sleep experts receive over 200 hours of sleep training to get you the sleep solutions that you deserve and to find a mattress that fits your need. So you can chat with, chat with one of their sleep experts in store or online if you don't want to talk in person. Sometimes it can be a little embarrassing, whatever you've got going on that's keeping you up at night, and that's fine. You can discover the right mattress by using the online Mattress Matcher. Their Mattress Firm's online quiz will ask you questions about your sleep preference and recommend and a high-quality mattress at every price point. They help identify common sleep disruptors like snoring, tossing and turning, pain, and all that can help you find the right mattress. So with summer here, Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale is the place to find the perfect mattress and bedding accessories for better rest. Shop in-store or online at mattressfirm.com. I have been a Mattress Firm girly. My mattress that I have had for many years is Mattress Firm, and I'm proud to say that I bought it on a Memorial Day sale because I feel like everyone thinks Memorial Day, they think barbecue. They think pool. 
They think we can wear white jeans now. I'm thinking mattress for Memorial Day sale. It is the best time to buy a mattress. I literally remember me and Ben were in the city and we were, we had just moved and we were like, looking for like stuff to do and I'm like Ben we have to get a mattress and really I think we went to a few different stores mattress for him had the best pricing and the best sales and the best mattresses it's lasted really long I one thing about me I'm sleeping good you know oh yeah She's not compromising. So you can shop in-store or online at mattressfirm.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Manscaped. Ladies, June is just around the corner, and our guess is that you haven't purchased a Father's Day gift yet. Well, look no Shade. further than the sponsor Shade. of today's show, because our friends at Manscaped are dedicated to upgrading his grooming grooming game from face to waist. Their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the total package dedicated to making sure all fathers go from dad to daddy this year. Have him join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code toast at manscaped.com. Moms, you're going to like this one. Um, whether you have, you know, a husband who's a dad or you're blessed enough to have your own dad, what's that like? Check out manscaped.com. So this package is really going to make your dad the MVP of his little group and it's going to make you the MVP of the family. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit. So inside the package, you'll find the signature Beard he Hedger Trimmer, Beard Shampoo and Conditioner, Beard Oil, Beard Balm, and two free gifts with their signature Beard Comb and Scissors. With 20 haircutting lengths and a singular guard, he'll be able to craft his look like never before without the mess in the drawers. It's something all the ladies can appreciate. No more, you know, cleaning up little tiny hairs that you'll find for weeks on end. The Lawnmower 4.0 is their game changer for trimming in the sensitive areas. And we all know dads love their comfort. If his grooming routine is already dialed, make sure to hook him up with Manscaped Boxers. They are without a doubt the best boxers for men of all ages. Get 20% off and free shipping with code toast at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code toast. Make this Father's Day one he won't forget and just like, you know, be the number one girl in this group when you get your dad the best gift this year and then like he'll all year be like, oh my God, I love this girl. She's like the best daughter. Yeah. That's I funny. love that experience for you since personally I can't experience that. Yeah, well Ben is Theo's dad. Yeah. But Ben's got his manscaped. Oh, he and does, by he the way. He literally is the face of manscaped. He is. And by the way, not Ben losing. I literally got him like the whole package. He loved the lawnmower for his face. This is actually not even a sponsor anymore. Like the ad is over. And <laughs> he was looking so haggard. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, I lost the thing. He thought he left it in Portugal. And I'm like, this motherfucker. Like, I can't bring anything into this house. Cut to, it was in his suitcase. And now he's back to looking better. But like, if there were a few weeks ago where you thought like Ben was looking like a little rusty, that's why. Rusty and crusty. That's Rusty Soffer. That's so him. <laughs> okay, our first story is some sad news to start off the day. I'm sorry. Tina Turner has passed away at the age of 83. Tina Turner, the iconic singer who was dubbed the queen of rock and roll, died on Wednesday, May 24th at the age of 83. Her publicist confirmed to people that she died in her home near Zurich, Switzerland. Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, has died peacefully today at the age of 83 after a long illness in her home um, near Zurich, Switzerland. With her, the world loses a music legend and a role model. There will be a private funeral ceremony attended by close friends and family. Please respect the privacy of her family at this difficult time, the statement says. So sad. She leaves behind such a fabulous legacy. There were Lizzo at her concert last night did like a Tina Turner tribute. It was really amazing. And then that video of Beyonce performing big wheels keep on turning Turn. at Tina Turner's like Kennedy honors like went viral last night and I watched it it was like really spectacular um I just feel like this is you know 
83 is it's a good age to go like it's she lived a, a long very very successful and prosperous life but it's a huge loss for the community yeah it and is so many tributes are coming like everyone's posting about it everyone's sharing another one that went viral which is one of my favorites I don't think I ever really realized it was Tina Turner is the Shit's Creek of it all you know Patrick and David's song is you're simply the best I call you when I need you I didn't your realize on fire. I love that one you come to me wild and wild he like strips it down on a guitar so I don't realize it's Tina Turner until he goes you come to me give me everything I need you're simply the best. It's That's a really good one. That is a good one. I didn't realize. I hadn't thought about that scene in so long, and I didn't realize it was Tina Turner. There's two. So he remember when they like closed down the, the apothecary early, yeah, and yeah. he just like dances for him, and it's like kind of weird, but really cute. But then he also does like the performance. There's like a, a talent, talent show, show or something in the, in the community, and he does it. And I think that's when like David realized like he really loves yes. him. And, it's so, and Moira's like behind David, like holding his shoulder. It's literally like the cutest thing ever. And it's like such a random song for them to have chosen in for that moment but it really is perfect it is perfect uh then you know when a major celebrity dies comes the onslaught of really inappropriate social media behavior and I feel like the last time we had this with Olivia Newton-John I believe it was I don't know if I called it out on the on we, the podcast we called out the idea of rip Olivia rip Olivia but it was it was Garcelle on Twitter being like rip Olivia like no other context it just felt so like what's the don't eat don't even share you know yeah can't even write rest in peace and we saw more of that behavior last night and I'm, I'm gonna start calling people out okay and because you know what yeah, the one I saw yesterday that you sent to me <laughs> not only was like what they said rip Tina like just so you're gonna like someone's entire life into <laughs> seven letters but the format in which they posted it on too I didn't, didn't even know people still use this Instagram status update like which is doesn't go to your whole feed, but just like the people who you mutually follow and follow them. They were Rip Tina. I think there was like a dove. It was Blake Hortzman. Like that's. I don't think there was a dove even. Oh. Let me check. Well, I don't even know that you still follow Blake Hortzman. Love that for you. You don't? <laughs> I don't. You do? Oh, it was a broken heart emoji. Even worse. The dove would have been more respectful. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I kind of like, I don't know how to get out of following people sometimes. And I actually don't mind following him because like him and Gianni and I find really interesting and like. They're constantly doing things yeah. and really into each other. Mm -hmm. So that's not someone I'm even trying to unfollow. Yeah. But I, especially when someone follows me back, like I will follow them until I die. Yeah. Okay. Well, I understand that. And if it that. gets really bad, I will mute them. Yeah. Oh, I I'm would, the queen of muting people. I only really unfollow, uh, like if there's beef. Mm, no, because I kind of like want to rise above the beef. And I'm like, mm, I'll still follow you. Yeah. No, because I'm such a big person. Like... <laughs> Like, I'm so mature. I love to do that. Yeah, I'm so much. Like, I literally can't unfollow. Like, no, I love, I love when someone unfollows me and I, like, remain following them. I'm so mature. Yeah. And, like, I don't even see you unfollowing me because I'm, I'm so not, busy. I'm, above, I'm so busy being mature. I'm above this petty squabble. Nonsense. I completely agree. I guess I would only unfollow someone, like, if they posted something that, like, I, I thought was, like. Offensive. Offensive. I'm offended. Dangerous. Yeah. Like, goodbye I don't yeah. want to see it or something like something that like makes me upset I'm like I don't want to be upset on my Instagram right, feed right. good day sir I said good day yeah but for the most part I just follow follow yeah no that's funny <laughs> <laughs> um but what's not funny is Tina Turner we're wishing her family well a great legacy she leaves behind yes for sure 
Next up, Taylor Swift announced Midnight's deluxe album with Ice Spice and more Lana Del Rey. So right after we wrapped yesterday, Taylor posted that she will be releasing a deluxe edition of Midnight's titled Midnight's Till Dawn that will feature Ice Spice as a guest on her fresh version of Karma and newly recorded vocals from Lana Del Rey on their uh, Snow on the Beach collaboration because when that first song first came out, people were like, where's Lana? Right. By the way, I listened to that song probably 50 times. I never once heard Lana. Was she silent? Or was she silenced? It's kind of like Chris Stapleton on the other song. Yeah. I bet you think about me. But since he has like a man's voice, no, I hear I, a little bit of like a harmony from like a lower register. What is, does he have a, a verse? No, no, no. Okay. That's what she does. Like you all over me with Marin Morris. I ain't here, Marin. Same with Esty Haim. Haim in uh, I think she did it, but I don't hear him. Yeah. I love Snow on the Beach. It's one of my favorite songs from Midnight. So it's very clear to me that Lana's missing. Yeah. The other songs I haven't like listened to as much. So I don't think about as much. Well, I love the concept of giving karma like a new. I feel like this is a thing people did like 10 years ago. You would release a song and then you'd release it again with like a really sick verse on it. And kind of how Cardi B like brought that Maroon 5 song back from the dead. You don't want a girl like me. I'm too crazy. But every other girl you meet is fugazi. Show them other girls were nice enough. But you need someone to spice it up. So who are you going to call? Cardi, Cardi. Come and rev it up like a Harley, Harley. Why is the best fruit always forbidden? I'm coming to you now doing 20 over the limit. The red light, red light, stop. I don't play when it comes to my heart. Keep trying. I don't need a white horse in a carriage. I need a white Porsches and carrots. Whatever. That was like literally one of the best rap verses of all time. And like you can't tell me no. And like nobody even heard that song before Cardi B was on it. I don't know about that part. No, by the way, that song was fucking. I think Maroon 5 has even said like we released this song it Girls flopped. Like you. Girls like you. It flopped. And then Cardi did it. And then everyone loved the song as a whole. Yeah. Like the ver- they really is a good song, the Maroon 5 part and the Cardi song, but I never would have heard it without Cardi. Got it. Okay, interesting. I didn't know that was the history of the song. Thank yeah. You. So I love this concept of karma, like having a new moment. For me, though, the big story from this new version of Midnight's is Hits Different. Yes, so digital and physical editions will each have a format exclusive track for the digital release. It will be Hits Different, a song that was previously only available on the Target version of Midnight's. More interestingly for fans, the physical edition will have a vault track never before heard from the Midnight's writing session, and you'll be able to buy it at, at MetLife. MetLife her Taylor's show like this so this is where Taylor annoys me okay so it's like we waited months and months for Hits Different which is like one of these secret tracks finally we're getting it only to find out that there's another secret track that we can't get unless and who the fuck knows how to play a CD I don't have a car and most car things don't even have CD things anymore yeah so like let's say I even get I'm going to MetLife let's say I get the CD what the fuck I gotta go get my Walkman from storage I'm trying to think. Some computers still accept a CD. And then you can like burn it onto your like laptop. Yeah. What is this? Like LimeWire? Maybe you have to go to the library. No, literally. That's really crazy. But I can't really express like the gratitude I feel for being able to finally listen to Hits Different. Some angel goddess like ripped the audio from their CD that they bought at Target. Like Taylor does this thing where she puts her best songs as like exclusive songs at Target. She has this partnership with Target where she sells different versions of her CDs at Target and you get like an extra song. New Romantics, literally one of her best songs. Nobody heard for years because it was like a Target thing. Now it's like on Spotify and everything. So she does this thing. It's so annoying. But some angel goddess bought the Target thing. I don't want to like blow up her spot. But she put the audio. She like uploaded a podcast to Spotify, but it's just 
the song. So it's like the Hits Different podcast, but it like everything else was getting taken down. Oh, but I think when she put it up as a podcast, I listened to it for a while. I'm not sure if it's still up, but she was a queen. Um, and now we're finally going to get it. Like I've been dying to like pop my pussy to that song. Well, now's your chance. And the all new song on the physical Midnight's MetLife album is called You're Losing Me, which yeah. is feeling like Joe. maybe we would understand why Joe lost her. Mm-hmm. I chased the artifacts, cried over a hat, find the space that I'm needing. I'm excited. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited for the Karma remix because Karma is like one of those songs. It's like not my favorite. Actually, no, sorry. I'm confusing it with Vigilante shit for a second. Um, it's, but still, Karma is not my favorite, but it's like really strong and solid. And I think it just needs to be like punched up one or two notes. Karma is a song that like I liked in the beginning, but it really it didn't rise to the top once I really got to know the whole album. However, the tour made me like it so much that's more. what i heard i heard also the tour makes you like vigilante shit. no i vigilante shit will and always be like not my favorite song and i don't know why it made it onto the era's tour set list i think because it's a one you can have fun with it's so descriptive and it's like well she does like a very sexy dance with a chair on tour to the song so like people are loving that but it's not it's not giving what it needs to be giving also, speaking of Taylor, we need to talk about the fact that she was out in New York last no, we night don't need to at talk one about of it. Claudia's frequent haunts. But to make you feel better, like you were never going to be there was night one of Vanderpump Of Rules. course not. I was not getting dressed. I was not staying alert. And it's almost like she knew like all it's, the thirst monsters would be inside watching Vanderpump no, Rules. So she would be free Genius. to roam the restaurant in peace. Genius. I feel it felt personal. Her going out to a restaurant I go to all the time. That's actually the restaurant I went to to look for her when I was getting dressed and staying alert. It's her fault. And like it's over. Because her first concert is tomorrow in New York. So she's not going to go out tonight. Like she's got to prepare. So like her week in New York, like it's over. I can't like now. Where does she go after New York? That is a very good question. Maybe she's still on the Eastern Seaborg. Yeah, like at some point when she's like in L.A., she's not going to be coming back to New York. No, but she's been like a New England queen these last few Right, so she goes to Boston, weeks. she comes back. She goes to Philly, she comes back. Because even though she has a, her house in Rhode Island, I don't know why. Oh, yeah, and the, the Rhode Islanders were saying that she was going to be spending the week in Rhode Island. Chicago's next. She'll definitely come back. You think? Chicago's like an hour flight. Where, where's after Chicago? Detroit, Michigan. That's also like a yeah, quick flight. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh, she'll definitely come back. Minneapolis. I don't where know. Where is Matt Healy? Where does where is he based? UK. He's based in the UK. Yeah. Then Kansas. I feel like UK is like New York. Yeah, well, because when you travel to the States from the UK, going to LA is literally an additional six hours after a six hour flight. But I, I just feel like New York and London like are friends. They are, and they're like very similar cities. I feel like if you like London, you like New York. Yeah. They're like fast paced, meet people, like I feel like Londoners could like look down on LA. Definitely. And not want to spend a lot of time there. Definitely. So that's good for New York. Yeah. And Taylor has like a good setup in New York. I think in Rhode Island, she does not get a lot of privacy. Like everybody knows where her house is and it's not like protected in a sense. Like people can go to the beach and like see her house. And yeah, they're far, but it's weird. In New York, she like bought that whole block. She has her own garage. She pulls in. She like she has a made in the shade. Plus, it's still a little cold to head to 
The beach. The beach and Rhode Island. Like, I don't think it's, the season's not in full swing yet. That's why Memorial Day, after the match is from sale, like, maybe she'll head over there. And by the way, this is, like, the greatest time to be in New York. In, in like, a month or two, New York is insufferable. It's so hot and smelly. Yeah, she will not be back. She will not be back. But right now, it's, like, the best weather. She's been wearing, like, cardigans, like, not. She's like me. Yeah, no puffy jackets. She's really here at, like, the high season. Yeah. So I think Love she'll be here her. for like the next few weekends until summer's in full swing and then she'll go to her summer house. Yeah. Where she summers. Where she summers. Okay. Yeah. You still have, I, so there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. There is a chance. I think, I believe in you. Thank you. I was just tough because like I have gotten dressed and I have stayed alert. All for naught. All for naught. And I like went to the place. And you had a blowout last night. Not Shut to make up, you feel worse. Please, you are making me feel worse. But you couldn't have. You had to work. Yeah, no. I just also, even when I, you, people you never, were DMing me because I guess they were like waiting outside. They're like, Claudia, she's here. She's here. No part of me even felt compelled to go. Like I was, I had tanned my face. I was barefaced. I was laying in bed with Theo. I was eating a fudgesicle. Like there was no way. I understand. I'm kind of in my popsicle era. They're really good. No, they really are. Like I'm, I'm in my like pint of ice cream era, actually, which is so I've never really done it before. But now either. like I kind of sit down. I don't eat the I like probably eat a third every time I sit down with it. What flavor? I like Dolce de Leche, Hagen Are you doing Talenti? I do Talenti and Hagen Dazs. Um Talenti's a little healthier, so like you could have a little more. Sure. No, like the calories on the back. Yeah. They speak for themselves. <laughs> like the whole thing is like seven hundred something. Oh my god. Whereas Hagen Dazs, it's like a thousand something. Oh, so it is. So but is it more quantity or I mean, less? it's the same quantity. Okay. But it's gelato. It's not ice cream. Right, so it's like made with real stuff, allegedly. It's like real cream, not like yeah. synthetics. Yeah, but oh, last night I had um, banana pudding from Magnolia Bakery. Oh, yum. I did like the Popsicle brand. Like the thing about me when it comes to Popsicles, like I want the all-American Popsicle brand. Like I don't need these newfangled brands, you know? Yeah, the ones made with like Greek yogurt. No, no, no. Even though those Yasa ones like are very good. But I like when I go, especially in the summertime, I'm feeling real American. Popsicle brand all the way. Like the ones that come in a pack of two and you rip them apart. Mm -hmm. That and Outshine brand. Those are my favorites. I'm just kind of in my Popsicle era. It's just so nice to get into bed like with a Popsicle. Yeah. It's like a snack and also like a game. No, it's a fun way to snack. Yeah, and it's like, how long can I suck on this, you know? And it's like, is it going to fall on my shirt? It's just like exciting. Is Theo going to have the best night ever? Yeah, with the fruity ones, I do give Theo a few licks. The chocolate ones, never. And then you lick it back yourself? No, usually when I'm at the end of it, like I let him go. Cute. I was trying to think, like, do I actually do that? No, I don't. Okay, good. It's like kind of gross. Yeah. Great. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Margot Robbie reveals the dorky actress that turned down Barbie. Oh, I saw this. Margot, oh my, I'm choking. <clears throat> Margot Robbie revealed she tried to cast Israeli beauty queen Gal Gadot in her upcoming blockbuster because she had such strong Barbie energy, but the actress turned her down. She said in her Vogue cover, which is like so cute and adorable, um, some quotes are coming out, but this was, you know, one of the best factoids. She said, Gal Gadot is so impossibly beautiful, but you don't hate her for being that beautiful because she's so genuinely sincere and she's so enthusiastically kind that it's almost dorky. It's like right before being a dork so she asked her to star as Barbie in the Barbie movie um, but she wasn't available to shoot the film it was likely that she was busy filming other projects including um, Greta Gerwig's upcoming Snow White film oh I didn't realize she was working with Greta Gerwig on Snow White which is interesting as we were discussing yesterday because we know uh, Gal Gadot is an extremely you know gorgeous Israeli queen and Greta Gerwig like hates Israel so interesting nice to see Greta getting past her biases to work with talented actresses so I went because when I first read this I was like Greta Gerwig has 
said made some anti-Israel comments in the past. She like signed this letter of like trying to boycott like an Israeli artist. And so I was, I just assumed that that's why Gal Gadot like wouldn't want to work with her. Um, So I went to see like what she did originally that like, you know, sparked all of this. But she has since expressed regret. She like signed a letter with 60 other people trying to boycott the Lincoln Center from having this like artist come. Oh my God. Was like Israeli and, and, and his production was like sponsored by like Israeli cultural like tourism or whatever yeah and so 60 people signed the letter and she was one of them but then she later expressed regret at signing the letter and she said um that she's generally careful about causes that she supports but in this case she was not she was unfamiliar with the complexities of the letter and did not take the time to study them okay you know what Santa Queen who can Admit when she's Admit wrong. when she's wrong. All right, I take back what I said. Um, having said that, I love Gal Gadot, and I do not think she's right for this role. And that's, I'm trying to think whether it's like I can only envision someone who's blonde in this role, but I just don't think she's right for it. I could see why what Margot Robbie's talking about because she can be very like silly. I feel like that's how she was in Wonder Woman. She's like this gorgeous Amazon woman, and she's like kind of dumb. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I feel like that's how she would play it. And I'm good on that. Like, I'm not looking to see that. Yeah. I, I feel like I could see that movie and it's like, it would be annoying. Because even in Wonder Woman, she got to be like a little annoying. She's like this big dope walking around with her sword and her shield. And she's like, can't even like see herself. Right. I can't, I, you didn't see Wonder Woman. No, I Woman, didn't see Wonder Woman. But if you saw it, it's like good. But there's just something weird about her portrayal of it where she's just a big dope. Like, okay. And I feel like that's what she, that when, when Margot Robbie says dorky, is what she's describing. When she says dorky, I say dopey for sure. Um, I just feel like with the Barbie movie, like it was always meant to be Margot Robbie. I know Amy Schumer was originally cast. That didn't feel right. That feels right. No, I love the Amy Schumer casting because it was like Barbie. But it would have been a totally different movie. It would have been Elf Barbie edition. By the way, obsessed with that concept. Obsessed. And the thing about this Barbie movie is that still people like don't know what the plot is. Right, right. Because the the Amy Schumer one, and at first it was being like thrown around as it being like Elf. Like she's cast out of Barbie land because she's like an outcast. Or like that Amy Adams one. Enchanted. Yeah. Which I love that. Those are all amazing movies. And that's funny. It works and it would work with Barbie. So... They've said that that's not what this is, but like in the trailer, it looks like at one point they're in Barbie land and then at one point they're They're in the the real world. world. Yeah. And that they like escape together, Barbie and Ken. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of talk about, you know, who would have or could have or should have played Barbie. And I feel like there's not enough talk about who should have played Ken because I don't think Ryan Gosling is right for it. Who should have played him? Somebody younger. I'm sorry, like... They're supposed to be like flawless, right? Margot Robbie is a flawless human being. Mm-hmm. He's aging well, but he's not flawless. Wow. Like a Jacob Elordi type, you know? Like he's a perfect specimen. Mm. I hadn't thought much into Austin him. Butler. A perfect oh specimen. God. He'll start like walking around at award shows. Oh my God, like literally. This. Sorry guys, I don't have any joints. Thanks. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> so method. So method. Also, the Barbie album track list came out. Yes. And it's filled with but Taylor's not on it right 
No. There was so much speculation. Like, pretty much uh, in the Swifty community, it was confirmed that she was going to be a part of it. And a lot of people thought that Hits Different was being saved for the soundtrack. Got it. Well, they put out, like, this lineup of the art album artists. Ava Max, Charlie XCX, Dominique Fike, Dua Lipa, 50-50, Gail, Haim, Ice Spice, Callie, Carol G, Khalid, Lizzo, Nicki Minaj, Pink Panthers, Ryan Gosling, Tame Impala, and The Kid Leroy. Then it says, more Barbies and Kens to be announced. To me. Maybe Taylor's still in the running. Yeah, that could be there another some, announcement. There are some, you know, highlights on there. It's not like so star-studded as I thought, but like Nicki Minaj, Ice Spice. It's strong, and it's being produced by Mark Ronson. Oh, which I have fares all well. the faith. I will sit down and put the album on, like while I do my makeup and give it a shot. Yeah, and I'm sure they're gonna do the the Barbie song, right? We had a story about this. I don't think that they are. Remember, we talked about this. Who Barbie? sings it originally? Aqua. Aqua. I think we should get them back together. I know, but there was a story that said the song will not be used in the movie, period. I mean, that's moronic. I feel like Nicki Minaj could have done like a really cool new, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm a Barbie, like something cool like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not an artist. Just like just throwing, throwing some ideas out there. Throwing some stuff out there. Like I feel like super bass, like her super bass era, her fans are literally called Barb's. Like, no, I know. That's why she's on the album. No, of course. But like she should have done, like honestly, Beyonce and Nicki Minaj on the Barbie song. That would have been cool. But we'll get new Barbie music. I know. But like, it's a classic for a reason. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Yeah, honestly, it's so iconic. Like, Life in Plastic, it's fantastic. Just the, the, the song itself. The lyrics. Come on, Barbie, let's go. Like, every lyric is. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. Ah, 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 yeah. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Huge mistake. I'm sure there's reasons. Yeah. And they got their reasons. Just like you. Mm, what'd you do? When you walked out of my life and you didn't have to. What'd you send me? Send me reeling. There what can you do? <laughs> there's nothing I can do. About what? <laughs> About you taking my heart and breaking it right into. Mm, I love that, man love like bullets it's been hard for me this week to not listen to luke holmes while i get ready because i'm like in my podcast right, era right. and i just i miss him well i'm in my walking era i don't know if i told you about the i walk now every day here and to to and from because you're free because the laptop i'm free of my laptop and i just have my purse with like lip gloss sunglasses chapstick a fan sucking candy got some rollos in there and i feel free as a bird so i am now listening to music when I walk. What's your soundtrack? My liked songs right now are the Luke Holmes and Ed Sheeran song, which is so good. I think it's called Life Goes On. Mm -hmm. um, I actually forgot to add that to my liked. Have you been listening to Kelly? No. Add her to your liked. I know. Wench. I'm fucking up. I'm fucking and up. And one of her songs, both of them are kind of like ballady and emo, but like if you love Kelly, like they're so powerful. Um, but one of them has a remix. So if you need like a pep mm. in your step. Mm. Okay, okay. Like you did mine. And I've been listening to Next Thing You Know. I love that song. I haven't fallen into it yet, but I'm sure two you, years. You, by the way. In two years, I'll be playing in my car saying, have you heard this one? No, it's like a song. It's so sweet. Like, I heard him. I've heard it before. It's like, it goes viral on TikTok. But then I saw him perform it at the ACMs and I actually listened it's to all Jordan the words. It's Jordan Davis, right? Yeah. I listened to all the words and it's so, like, emotional. I'm like, you're going to cry. No, I know, but I'm still hung up on By Dirt. Bad Dirt. Find the one you can't live without. What'd you do? Give me, let you ring in the crowd. 
get a knee. Let your ring hit the okay, ground. Okay, that's pregnancy ring. Do what you, you love, love call it work. And what are you going to throw? Throw a little money in the plate at church. What are you going to send? Send those prayers up and your roots down deep. Add another limbs to your family tree. By the way, we interviewed him on the ACM red carpet. And he's like, oh, I just was watching your guys on TikTok getting ready for the thing. I get, he was like, you came up on my FYP. I'm like, that makes me think, like, who else's FYP am I coming up on? Toast clips. Like, so true. Kylie? You never know. That's the beauty of TikTok. Depends how much time she spends on it. I always think about like celebrities who like some of them probably like mindlessly scroll TikTok and they just see like civilians. Yeah, they see like you and Ben popping each other's pimples. Mm -hmm. Is that exciting? Yeah, I never thought of that. Hmm. That's all I think about. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Because the Kardashians premiered last night. Yes. I did not get a chance to watch it, but Claudia did. She's going to do a mini recap and also talk about some of the biggest bombshells that came out from the episode one in which being that kim reacted to kanye accusing her of cheating with drake yeah so at the end of the episode kim like sat down with chris and she had like had a really bad day and she's just like i don't know why everyone like can't keep their shit together so like i'm always the one who has to keep their shit together and she's just saying what what we know nothing new just basically like you know the kids one day will appreciate that i didn't say anything they get in the car and they want to listen to daddy's music and i jam out with them and it's like so hard for me and I know I'm doing the right thing, but like I'm also human. And she said, like, I can take it when he comes for me, yada, yada. But he's been coming after Chris at this point. And like, that's really hard for Kim. She like feels this responsibility to protect everyone. And that makes her want to fight back. And Chris is like, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but also what was interesting, and I, I guess I didn't really think about, he was going off, at the time that they're filming this, like he was going off just like kept bringing up her sex tape. And she's like, you know, the way he is acting down the road, like the kids will see that and they will be far more embarrassed of the way he's acting than like of my sex tape, which I made when I was 18 and like was clearly a mistake. Like it was, she had a really good head on her shoulders about it, but she's like, where, like her patience is wearing thin. Yeah. And she was like, you know, he keeps saying he's my protector. He's my protector. But like the whole time we were married, like he was the one perpetuating that rumor that I fucked like was having an affair with Drake during our marriage and that whole Kiki do you love me thing like that was him so like what how he can say he was my protector and now continue to say he's my protector is like are you delusional like yeah you're not yeah she said the one that was supposed to protect me and still does interviews saying that they will be my forever protector is the one that's hurting me the most he was the one that started a rumor that I was hooking up with Drake having an affair our whole marriage he accused me of that publicly I really can't wrap my head around how he thinks he's a protector yeah no it's just like it's it's that everyone has been there when you're just like arguing with someone who's not rational. It's like, it's not, it's pointless. Yeah. Then it's like Kim's name being dragged through the mud. And I hope Kim has like peace knowing like during the times when Kanye has been like on his, you know, spiral, nobody really believes what he says. So, you know, there's solace in knowing that. Well, I think a lot of his fans do. Like, but I think he has his own fans and Kim has her own fans. And I think there are some people who are fans of both of them who have to like, you know, within themselves parse out like what they think is true. But I think like his fans believe what he says like about her. But the like we're primarily Kim fans and I'm like, we don't know the half of anything. Yeah. No. And like the fact that she's like talking about this rumor about Drake means it's not true. Like if she had an affair with Drake, she wouldn't have brought it up, you know? Well, she didn't say that she didn't. Did she? No, she called it a rumor. Like yeah. she didn't. I don't think that she did, Me but, um, but I think even if she did say, but like, it's the fact that he keeps bringing it up, right? That which, it doesn't die because he's bringing it up, whether or not it's true or false. And that's the same with the sex tape. I think like 
Kim gets so mad every time he brings up the sex tape. Like one, because like they have kids together and all the obvious reasons, but also because she's, and she had said like, every time you bring it, rebring it up, it's like you remind people. She like feels like she's made so much progress, like as a businesswoman, as a lawyer, as a mom. And she's, gets far away from the sex tape thing that to the point where people for many years like didn't even think about it. But now it's like you keep bringing it up. You remind people. Yeah. Agreed. But I also feel like she brings it up sometimes. Like she, because I think it's so in the forefront for her. Like on SNL, she was like bringing it up in her monologue. And I just like was like, we're, I moved on. We're past it. Yeah. But I think she like is afraid of everyone talking about it. So she makes the joke first. Yeah. Especially at SNL. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to watch. That's really sad. Yeah. Um, it wasn't was like a crazy episode? bombshell episode. But was it enjoyable watching? It was just great to see the girls back. There's like something going on with Chloe. And it's like, there's like, that's, there's an undercurrent too. She's talking about, she has this melanoma situation, which I think ends up being really serious. Um, but something really, I think like very honest that she spoke about that, um, I was shocked. It's like a very vulnerable thing. And she's like, she's really having trouble at this point in the show, like connecting with her son. She's like, nobody talks about this part of surrogacy. And like, I wish somebody had. Like, I didn't like fully, I kind of buried my head in the sand when she was pregnant, the surrogate. And then it's like, I just go to the hospital and come home with a baby. And it's, it's weird. And, you know, Kim didn't experience this. So I don't really have anyone to like commiserate with. She's like, I wish more people spoke about. Like, there's a weird element of surrogacy. I thought it was like so brave. Because I think it's not similar, but similar to like a, uh, postpartum where like you can't connect with the baby and hers are obviously for different reasons mm -hmm. but she's going through something and she's like just not herself and she's so thin and like she is also dealing with this health thing and she's just not being her like fun Chloe self yeah but I also feel like if you like last season she was already not in a great place and so yeah to then go through a health situation and welcome a new baby and like not be starting out at a hundred. Yeah. It can like really drain you. Like they had this event and she sat next to James Corden and honestly I was like loving the James Corden. He was being like so funny. She loves him. Yeah. And like he was being so funny and she just like you could tell like the smile like the giggle like it was like just very like social like it wasn't it wasn't genuine. No like she's really been struggling. Yeah. No I, I felt for her deeply and then like Courtney was going on and on about how like Everyone in the family, she said it in her interviews and then she repeated what she said to Chloe when they were having this one-on-one. -on -one. She was like, I feel like the family's really good at, you know, celebrating each other and having fun together and lifting each other up. But when the time comes for someone who's like going through something dark or grieving, like we don't know how to be there for each other. And I was like, okay. And then she repeated that like a couple days later to Chloe and Chloe was like, what? Chloe was like, I feel like one, that's not true. I feel like I, I actually am so there for everyone. Like it was just like a weird take that, I wonder, Chloe clearly disagreed with, and I wonder if everyone else disagrees with too. I also feel like if anyone could speak to the family being there for you in a tough time, it would be Chloe. Like, cause right. she's one there for everyone, but two, like she's I feel been like through, she's been through and not to compare, but like the most and most recently. And like, if she feels like her family is there and supporting her right now, like what instances Courtney talking about where she didn't get that. Right. I felt like maybe that was Courtney's like a, like a reflection of how Courtney felt but it not necessarily indicative of the whole family, you yeah. know? But what has Courtney been going through or like needing support that she didn't get? Um, they, they struggled with uh, fertility. She opened up about how she's done with IVF. They did three rounds. She had frozen her eggs at 38 and 39. Actually, I thought this was a good point that she makes. Like everybody talks about egg freezing, like it's the safety net. And nobody really talks about how like you can freeze your eggs and then hers didn't make it through the thawing process. So it's like, it 
it's spoken about like this foolproof safety net and that's what she had thought and she was like really you know sad to learn like her eggs didn't make it to, into embryos because they didn't survive the thawing process oh that i didn't know i knew that embryos are more secure like uh, if you freeze embryos you, versus eggs yeah but i didn't realize that like you could freeze your eggs and and not have an egg right so that's probably something she now now she's at the place where she's like you know what if god wants it like we're just fucking all the time and if god wants it it will happen but like i'm not going to continue to do the hormones and take that toll on my body physically and mentally i feel like she had a really good head on her shoulders about the whole thing um but i'm sure that was tough for her because yeah. i know like her and travis really want to have a baby so she felt like in that situation uh, she it, wasn't referencing that directly but you had said like what has she been through right, and like right. you know what you never know yeah. and that's something i think that was probably really tough on her Interesting. But they're they're speaking about how like they're being very open about how like Chloe and Kim are like the new Chloe and Courtney. They've been saying that for years though. Yeah. And um they're like planning this day, I think it'll be next week, where it's like Chloe and Courtney take Calabasas and they like do crazy things. Chloe you know? and Courtney. Yeah, is that what I said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they're trying to get their mojo back. But then in the um in the trailer for next week, Courtney said something that was like A kind of mean and like B kind of delusional. She was like you know, when we were younger, there was always this like very like, competitive nature between Kim and I, which I think was like natural and like very sisterly. And I just don't think Kim has let that go. Like I have. And it's like, okay, sure, Courtney. Like, okay. And it's all about the Dolce and Gabbana thing. Got it. That looks like the hottest teeth that's so coming out this what season. What we know is that Courtney's married already. In this, where we're at, yeah. the wedding's over. And Kim is designing, they want to do like have a, the creative director for a season design and walk and like plan the show. And it will be, I think, five months after her wedding. The collection won't come out until nine months, but the show will be five months after her wedding. Okay. And Kim is having reservations about it. Chris is like, you have to do it. It's such an amazing opportunity. And Kim is like, I know it's an amazing opportunity, but like I am feeling a certain way about it. And because I don't think Courtney, Courtney knows yet. Because of Courtney, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Courtney knows yet. Okay, so I didn't realize that Kim, like, recognizes first that there's a weirdness to it. Right, but it's also interesting. They gave backstory. The whole relationship between the girls, the family, and the Gabanas is through Chris. Not Kim. Not Courtney. Not, no, not Courtney. I never thought it was Courtney. I thought it was Chris, I would just assume. I mean, I, I thought it was Kim. Uh, no, I thought it was Courtney. Kim had never worked with D&G before. Yeah, but Chris was always going. Like, there was, like, a, like there was something. There was, yeah, something. But, like, when Chris went to the you know, Altamoda, remember yeah. that, in Venice, like, Courtney and Travis were there. Yeah, but Kim, Court, Chris had gone so fucking hard to talk about these people. <laughs> Chris had gone many years in a row before that. Okay. She was always going to Florence with Simon. Like, always. Okay. So I could have guessed if you had asked, like, maybe, and I sat down and thought about it. It being Chris makes the most sense, which really means the relationship is, belongs to Chris. And belongs to all the sisters equally. So if Chris is blessing it, which she is, she's really encouraging Kim to do it, then I think it's kosher. Okay, I didn't know it was Chris's. I thought it was Courtney's. Like, Courtney mm -hmm. kind of brought, like, D&G to the family and the family to D&G, and then, like, they plucked Kim from that, and that kind of... Would no, I would have to assume that, like, when Kim... When Courtney was looking for someone for her wedding to design and, like, be... They went through their roster of connects. Chris brought Dolce to the table and Courtney liked it. Yeah. So it, it's Chris's relationship to dole out. Okay. That, that changes things for me. It does. And I think it makes it a better case for Kim. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. Are you ready for our fifth and final story that's going to lead into our TV recap of Vanderpump Rules? This is the fifth and final story that's going to lead into our TV recap of Vanderpump Rules. It's brought to you by The Perfect Bar. 
Tis. This episode is brought to you by The Perfect Bar, the original refrigerated protein bar that you know and love. Today is a very exciting day because Perfect Bar is launching a new line of protein bars called Perfect Bar Layers. So the Perfect Bar Layers are a new line of crispy protein bars that are stacked with three delicious layers and packed with whole food nutrition. They're made with crispy base of peanut butter and cashew butter. They're layered with dark chocolate or 100% real fruit, and then they're sprinkled with toasted gluten-free oats. They're packed with up to 11 grams of protein, and they come in two delicious flavors, crispy peanut butter and chocolate and crispy peanut butter and berry. They're basically a healthy peanut butter and jelly. They are so delicious. They're also refrigerated because they're made with, you know, only the best of the best, whole food ingredients. They're classic blend of over 20 superfoods. They contain no artificial preservatives, and they are, of course, stored in the fridge. We have some here. They're perfect to just have around at home, at the office, whenever you need like a boost throughout the day, you're hungry, you need energy, you just need to feel like you can make it through the day, Perfect Bar is always there for you. If you aren't already convinced, they're also non-GMO project verified, gluten-free, soy-free, kosher, and low GI. Perfect Bar layers are now available to purchase online, and we have an exclusive link just for toasters. When you go to perfectsnacks.com, use code TOAST for 15% off your first order. What's very exciting is that we've been working with Perfect Bar for a long time, and we've been able to get you free Perfect Bars, but now we have a code, which we haven't had yet. So Perfect Snacks snacks.com the code is toast for 15% off your order can't wait to hear what you guys think of the new perfect bar layers at perfectsnacks.com code toast today's episode is also brought to you by lululemon the lululemon shorts specifically they were made to stretch flex and support the infinite ways of working out giving you the courage to leap into something totally new and unexpected so they have a bunch of shorts available at lululemon for men and for women and here are some of our favorites the hottie hot short it's the short with a comfortable range of motion and a flattering fit they allow you to max your stride so you can move freely with confidence the lightweight swift fabric lets in airflow so you can move without baggage they're designed to wick away sweat before you even notice that it's there the wonder train short is also a favorite of ours the short with supportive stretch that also keeps you dry it's powered by everlux fabric the wonder train collection manages heat and sweat so you stay comfortable and focused the fabrics is super breathable it, absor it absorbs moisture and wicks sweat during the even most intense training also the pacebreaker short which is one of their best-selling men's shorts great for father's day gift or just someone in your life the versatile short is up to any challenge the ultra lightweight fabric means you can train move and stretch how you want without the baggage each pair of pacebreaker shorts is designed to wick away moisture so all that's left is your intention that's the best part of lululemon they're an athleisure brand that you can trust and with shorts with the hot summer coming up it's really tough to be walking around with like your crevices moist crevicing. moist crevices undercarriage sweat crotch Sweat, whatever you want to call it. It's a tough time swamp. of year. Swamp ass is my favorite. It's a tough time of year. So make That's sure you're prepared. Make sure you're prepared, Jackie, okay? With moisture wicking material, the shorts from Lululemon, whether you're working out, running to the grocery store, don't let undercarriage sweat get to you. Get into Lululemon shorts at lululemon.com. Thank you. You're welcome. Our fifth and final story, a little Vanderpump adjacent news before we get into the recap of Reunion Part 1. Andy Cohen crashes a Vanderpump Rules Reunion watch party and takes shots with fans. So Andy joined in on the camaraderie and surprised a group of fans watching the highly anticipated reunion in New York City on Wednesday. He posted on his Instagram story saying, I got an invite to crash a Vanderpump Rules viewing party, which is like a block from my house. So he and his co-host John Hill from SiriusXM Radio Andy grabbed dinner at Via Corota before deciding to crash the bash. He said, okay, we're doing it. I just want to say this is just going to be a drop by, but we'll see. I also would like to see if they have any desserts. Yeah, they, they showed up. I felt like they had smoked pot before because they're walking up. Andy 
he Instagram storied the whole thing. He's like, I hope they have dessert. I'm so hungry. And John is like, I'm starving. But they just came from dinner. But maybe they didn't get something sweet after. And, and that's something that is really Relatable. important. When I have a dinner, I need something sweet a to sweet top it off. A sweet treat. I need a sweet treat to top it off. Oh, 100%. But I just read Andy's book and he pretty much like smokes pot every night. So he was definitely like munching. Got it. But they were also just like having a good time. He brought a bottle so of cute. pre-made Negronis and buzzed the building's bell. Um, then they women like screamed when. Well, the girl, the girl whose apartment it was, I think she knew that Andy was going to show up. So she opened the bell for him and like they quietly like trotted down the hall and the girls were freaking. It wasn't like a crazy watch party. There was maybe three or four, five people and they were freaking. And Andy like beelined for the table. He was like, do you have any desserts? Yeah, they did shots together, had an overall good time. That's really crazy. No, it was really sweet. I think there's like a lot of... um people who've interacted with Andy who would say like he's not like super nice like I think people like he's one of those celebrities that has like like a not you know great like rep okay um but this is really endearing I feel like to it give just back to the community where and when you catch him like if he's if you're like and, and, how, and how you approach him like I feel like in his personal life he's probably like a really nice guy but like if he's working and someone's coming up to him like maybe he's not the nicest or maybe on a bad day and I feel like you said he that talks he about that it in his, his book. book like he maybe has like a short fuse and is quick to like be a little rude no but also but I don't like think he's a rude person he's the head of like the Bravo universe and Bravo fans can be like very overbearing and maybe like, you know, inv- invasive a little bit. So he definitely deals with a lot. I wasn't saying that he's like a mean guy. Um, but I feel like when you catch him in the right environment, somewhere where he wants to be, like he went to these people. He made the choice. Place, like you're going to get a good Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very sweet. But I don't think he's like 100% rude 100% of the time. No, no. I also think we got a good Andy the day of the reunion. I think he was like loving that like this was going to be like one of the most watched reunions of all time. Everybody really showed up to the reunion last night like wanting to leave their mark Mm -hmm. and it ended up causing a little bit too much of chaos agreed let's get into the reunion that's exactly what I thought too like everyone wanted to speak everyone had their one-liners everyone's upset and thinks that they're the most the most upset they're like James being like you were with my ex-fiance and it's like I forgot that James and like that element of it and that James and Tom Sandoval were friends like everyone just wanted their moment in the sun and like I just wish everyone could have calmed down a little and I swear I feel like that's what we said the day that they were filming that everyone was like on their best like like Everyone was just like too hyped up and it's they're going to film for 10 hours. You will say your piece like but just let people speak. No, I will say I prob- I think the person on the best behavior was either Katie or Sheena. Like they were the only people who didn't just like interject so much. James and Lala were really funny, but like towards the end they were really annoying me. Like most of the conversations that were being had were actually not about them. Mm-hmm. And if we could just let like Schwartz Sandoval, Ariana, and like a little bit of Katie. If we could let them get in and like figure it out, like that would be great. Even Lisa was like talking more than she needed to. And I know she probably felt she needed to be like peacemaker and defend, not defend, but like help Tom Sandoval out a little. A little. I actually did appreciate that because everyone screaming at one person is not interesting. It's not interesting. It's not helpful. Not letting him respond. I will say it was funny though when he like first the first thing he said he started to cry. Oh my god hysterical. And they, James was like shut up. Like that was truly funny but I kind of like went downhill from there. It was a little too chaotic. I agree. And there are moments in reunions when like it gets to that place and it's so chaotic and everyone's screaming over each other and Andy yells and everyone comes down but from start to finish Lisa was like we're gonna be here for 10 hours. It was the very beginning. For it to be like that from the start was like a little overwhelming. Yeah hard to follow it's like who should I be listening to when everyone's talking over each other and disappointing because 
they're starting to like fumble the situation a little bit. But I actually enjoyed, strangely, because we said so many times we don't want to talk about the rest of the season. Yes. When they segued into conversations about the rest of the season, we were able to have like normal reunion conversations. And also everything is like Scandaval adjacent, like Sheena. No, now it's all layered. It's all layered. But I felt like hearing from Sheena was really interesting about... Um, I feel bad for Sheena. I feel so bad for Sheena. She probably feels so stupid. Yeah. And next week... When she said in the trailer for next week that she's trusted her husband in bed with Raquel, like crazy. These people are fucking crazy. Morons. Like that is that for first of all, she's Jezebel. Yeah. But even if she were like the person that you thought that she was, like, what are you doing? Like, why is you, your husband in bed with your friend? And I want to say in defense of Sheena, like I actually feel like everybody minimizes like the history of the group. People really do forget like how Sheena was such an outsider for so long. And I do now really understand why she felt so protective of Raquel. Of course, she didn't know Raquel was going to end up being this Jezebel. I understand why she maybe saw a little bit of herself in Raquel. And the, the way that she just, even Lala being like, bully is a strong word. No, actually, bully is the perfect word. Like they were so mean to her. I do understand Sheena a little bit more after last night. And, and I don't blame her as much for vehemently taking Raquel's side. It really wasn't about Raquel versus Katie. It was about like her own trauma. Right. And I, I feel like historically she's always taken the side of the new girl. Like even when Ariana came mm -hmm. in, like she had her back. When Lala came in, Sheena had her back. When Charlie came in, yep. Sheena cozied up to her. She also always has her weird other intentions yeah. thing, like going on. Yeah, but yeah. I think the core of it is that she wants to protect new girls against this like uh, mean girl mentality that she experienced. But I do think in certain situations, it's like a phantom mentality that she's creating yeah. based on what happened to her because not everything is the same thing as what happened to her. Yeah, I just... And, and Andy did ask this. There is a conversation worth having about the hypocrisy in the group, of course, as it pertains to Tom Sandoval. And the fact that, like, nobody would hear anything, like, about... Like, anytime anything was brought up from seasons past, whether it's James and Kristen, whether it's Lala and James, like... Whether it was about cheating or not, like it was automatically shut down by the group. And there really is a conversation worth having. And you you need the context of the group. And everyone would just be, that, I was 21. Like, no, actually. No, the thing is, there is a scale. And what Tom and Raquel did is the worst, worst of it. But like other people have landed elsewhere on the scale. But I do think that you could like say, yeah, I made a mistake. But if it's a one-time thing versus like a seven-month affair. like there, No, it's, it's so much you worse. Could, a mistake versus like a conscious, diabolical psychotic situation it's it's different but yeah no we're not all angels sitting here but like you're actually the devil and I really wish everything had just slowed down a bit because like you know there was so Tom Sandoval told Andy the day before that Schwartz didn't know until January and Schwartz said no you told me remember in August so I think they're both unfortunately like they're both kind of telling the truth because Schwartz didn't know that they were having an affair until January. But Schwartz did know in August that they had sex once. No, but Tom Sandoval like intentionally lied to Andy, like manipulated language. Yeah, but there wasn't an affair to know about in August. Like when did... But they fucked. I know, but like that's not... them. That one time fuck, like that, which is horrible, is not the thing that we're all most mad about, which is the seven month affair right under your girlfriend's Yeah, but nose. Tom Sandoval, like, he knew because he knew that they had fucked Schwartz. and then he had... Schwartz, excuse me. He knew that they had fucked and then he had said that thing to Katie. Like, yeah, he, he had, had his, his suspicions. Right, so Sandoval did lie and so I just felt like if the whole group, like, slowed down a little bit, we could have gotten more out of but the But I reunion. do think he told him once in August yeah. and once in January yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're talking about two separate things. Yeah, 
I just wish everyone had slowed down. Like overall for the whole yeah. reunion. Like, yeah. And just like let Sandoval speak even though he is the a devil. worm with a mustache. Like let, let him bury himself. Yeah. Let him. I did kind of love the concept of having a camera on Raquel. Even though she didn't say anything. Her facial reaction, she's like, was like eating it up. It was she's like, like obsessed. And also she's like liking hearing her the boyfriend. Boys, the boys. Both about, of them. Yeah. Like talk about her. Like, oh, I want to know what he thinks about me. Like. Yeah. No, it was diabolical. Yeah. And I honestly, it was fine. It was a good episode, but we need to hear from her. I feel like everything, even the sit down with Ariana and Tom, like we've heard all of this now mm-hmm. between Watch It Up and Live, all the podcasts. I, we have not heard from Raquel. No. And that is what I need. Yeah. I need a one-on-one with Raquel. Yeah, because you know when she comes on, everyone's going to be yelling at her. You know, and it's like, honestly, she deserves to be yelled at. She's the devil for sure. But can we hear? Like, I'm curious. Yeah. I really need everyone to calm the fuck down. No, I know. It's, it's too much. And we and knew like, it, would, it would be. Everyone was just, really, James and Lala, and it was great at first, but to the, at the end, it got tired. Coming for everyone, including Lisa. Yeah, no, and like, just like speak when spoken to, because anytime someone asks Lala a question, like when Andy asked um, Lala about, just he asked a random question that, you know, about Randall leaving their house and mm-hmm. then Lala actually made a great comparison between Tom yep. and Randall like how you can never get him to stay home but then once shit hit the fan like they I couldn't get him house. to leave the house and I thought that was so interesting so it's like just you, your time will come to say your piece just wait yeah but I fear I mean this is part one I feel it's gonna stay this chaotic the whole time yeah and Need. I don't know why they've been they've done so many reunions like don't you know like just how it works. It's always best. It's a slow burn. Like, let it get there. To come out so hot and not... I couldn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. It was just chaos. Mm-hmm. And, like, James getting up. Like, it was a little performative, you know? But I love him. Yeah, but he is really angry. And I guess you have to think about the fact that, like, Raquel was his fiance, Tom And Tom was for, his friend. And, and Tom paid for their engagement. And right. And I wish they dived into that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That is, like, one of the great wonders of the world to me. Like, why the fuck did he pay for that? Yeah. Also, why isn't something about her open yet? Because like on the end of the season, it felt like they could open in a month. Well, they said end of May and that's now. So we'll see. But I haven't been seeing like promotional materials. Like we're op- like, wouldn't they have opening day? Like an event. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Let me no. check the Instagram. Like I want them to open. Me cause- too. Because there's a lot of momentum. People won't care about this for that long. Yeah. No. And, and like- I thought it was really smart of them to start selling merch. And I guess they put that money into the business. So smart. And then yeah. they didn't have to get maybe. Investors coming 2023 in the reunion they said may and they haven't posted since march 6th that's a wasted opportunity yeah especially since the point of the shop was to be like a low lift sort of thing right right so they gotta get they gotta get open um i thought really i I wouldn't say anyone came off super well or super good i think schwartz came off really bad Mm -hmm. but this is kind of like the i'm always looking for reckoning thank you the reckoning, like years in the making for Tom Schwartz. And like, I'm honestly here for it. Yeah. Maybe even more so than I'm here for the Tom Sandoval reckoning. Like, I literally hate Tom Schwartz. Right. Because there's nothing ambiguous about this Tom Sandoval reckoning. Like, it's... Bad is bad, you know. Yeah. But with Schwartz, it's like, now I'm seeing everything differently. And it's nice to watch him get his his just come up in so I thought he made a good comparison like the whole season I'm like Schwartz and Markel making out is so wrong like so bad whatever but then when he explained the situation like if Katie had done it like they're in the same house uh, 
Schwartz wants the divorce, blah, blah, blah. And then Katie goes and makes out with Peter. Like, nobody would care. No, but I think that's because Peter's really not in the group. Like, if he went out, if she went out and made out with, the thing is, there's no other single guys, yeah. like, to compare. James, like, for example. It would be a big deal. Yeah, that's true. It's because Peter was not an accurate, Peter is not Raquel. Raquel is a main character on the show. Yeah. Okay. But I did think he did provide color. Like, he really was, in a sense, I hate to use this word, but like a little bit of the victim in the divorce. I didn't realize like that his brother still had cancer. Like he was just, he was going through a lot. Yeah. And then he got divorced and we know he didn't want the divorce. We want, we know Katie did. So like, yes, he was like the injured party here, but he still agreed to this agreement. No. And he, and he broke the agreement. So wrong is wrong. And just for a kiss, like for literally nothing. With some harlot who was fucking your best friend. Right. So honestly, like it was exciting and it was, you know, funny at times, but I don't feel like we made really any major progress in the conversations because everybody was just like wiling out. Yeah. It was a little frustrating. It was. Hopefully next week things could calm down more. Sheena breaks down next week. I feel like there's a big bombshell that comes out. Really? And I don't know what it is. A lot of people were speculating that Raquel is pregnant. Um, You don't think that's true? A lot of people, like, you know, there were those rumors about Brock... And Raquel, I don't think that's it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the, the bombshell is about Sheena. I don't know if the bombshell is about who the other person that Tom admitted to cheating with. I don't know. And I don't know if it comes out in part two or three, but apparently there's a big bombshell. Damn. I don't think the bombshell is what's going to make Sheena cry, though. I think that Sheena might be going through something in her personal life outside of all of this. And it's just a different conversation. That's right. like the Maybe something fertility related or. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know either. But there is a big bombshell. Yeah. And, and somehow like, Sheena's a part of Sheena it. Sheena and Lala bought houses in Palm Springs. Oh, wait. That was an interesting conversation about Sheena, Lala, Katie. And look, Katie was 100% right. Like, if this roles were reversed yep. and Katie was friends with someone that Lala wasn't getting along with, how Lala would, you know, be at 100, being right. like, you're dead to me. Yep. And so that's all Katie said. I thought Katie was right. And it's true. Like, Katie and Sheena have legitimate beef. Like, Sheena championed this girl making out with her ex-husband. And, like, Lala is the type of person that demands, like, 100% loyalty from all of her friends. So, like, Katie's allowed to be a little fucking miffed about it. No, but then at that point, I kind of, like, did feel bad for Sheena in that moment because, like, I felt like Lala was, like, minimizing their friendship to explain to Katie. She was like, I mean, it's really just because of the kids. And it's like, okay, well, like, we're also friends. Like, And it's like, and it's not. They literally want to all live together. No, I know. And, and that's fine. But, like, she was really minimizing the friendship just to, like, make Katie feel better. And like Sheena's just sitting there being like, yeah, I felt bad for her. Yeah, but like Sheena needs to make it right with Katie. And she has to like go through the motions of of accepting like what she did was wrong. Like she was completely wrong in that situation. Yeah. And I don't think Katie's like easily forgiving people at this point. But I do think her and Sheena like need to make it right. Yeah. I don't think she's easily forgiving people, especially people who like what is there to salvage between her and Sheena. They literally have not been able to get along for 10 years. Like. Yeah. Maybe they're just not meant to be friends. No, that's true. That's true. Some people like just don't get along. And, and that's fine. And it's because everyone's so different. Like personality By wise. By the way, the Joe stuff was weird. So I didn't realize like her and Tom like were fucking at some point, Schwartz. Yes. And then they went on like a trip with yep. Raquel and Joe. Like that's so weird. Yeah. No, there was like the more we unpack and that's why I wish everyone had just fucking slowed down the more we unpack like the more guilty Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval are like it's not just the affair like it was very layered and if everybody just calmed down we would really see all the shit that they did to hide this yeah and all the weird things they did yeah like why wasn't Ariana invited on that trip it was before they found out about the affair and it's Joe Sandoval Schwartz and Raquel 
I feel like I read somewhere about that trip that it was like the Toms went on a trip. Schwartz invited Joe and Joe came and brought Raquel. Raquel like crashed a trip and then it turns into like this double date. No. And the fact that like now we're getting the timeline like at glamping like Schwartz and Sandy had known and they had already fucked. Um, weird. Like I just I need to rewatch everything now, you know? Yeah. Like when it gives her that big a hug and when Sandy, when Schwartz is like, I know Raquel's type. Taken. Layered. Yeah. <laughs> These people were so brave, like, yeah. And the fact that, like, what Allie saw at the Abbey... Was the night. And was exactly what everyone was scared it might be. And I was like, how were they dancing? And it was the night they started. But, like, were they grinding? They must have been, like, something. Well, I, I wish you would have described the type of dance, or was it, like... Maybe Allie know, will come out and explain. Right, were they doing the cha-cha? Yeah, or sometimes, like, you dance, it's, like, you know, pointing, Yeah, that's, you can dance with another person of the but opposite are we, sex. Like, but are you like grinding legs between legs, you know? Yeah, yeah. It must have been nefarious. But why didn't she say so? Why didn't she say they were grinding at the Abbey? I don't know if people say grinding anymore. But That's it's, why. It's important. It's important. Yeah, of course. I think Allie does come out at some point, right? I she blew this case wide open. But I also don't see Tom Sandoval as a grinder. I do see him as more of like a jumping dancer. No, I see him as like kind of like sexy slow dancing, like old couples at weddings who like really like still get it on, you know, and after the kids go to bed, they're just like, like their hips are like touching and they're like swaying. That's what I see him as. You know, I think he would describe himself as like an old soul. I don't know. I kind of see him as like jumping around, pointing, like not really Well, connecting. yeah, when he goes to Coachella. Not really connecting. Yeah. But were but they I don't connected? Know, him and, but him and Raquel have a deep connection, so probably. Yeah. So I can't wait for next week. I'm just loving this journey. It was so exciting. You know, 8 o'clock, watching with commercials. Like, it was very exciting. I know. It is sad not to have a Watch What Happens Live after to decompress. What the fuck? Wait, that was They've weird. They've never done Watch What Happens Live after reunions before. Like, they don't oh. have cast members on to talk about the reunion because, like, we're talking. Oh, but I feel like they've been capitalizing on every inch of this. Yeah. They could have even had, like, two lay people on to talk about the reunion, not even cast members. I was, like, ready, and then it was Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. But where's Andy? Yeah. Interessant. Yeah. So that's our show. Mm-hmm. That's the recap. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Our was the last episode of the week. Oh, we'll miss you. I hope everyone has a great holiday weekend. Stay safe. Have fun. Eat Take, a lot. Eat Go a, to a lot. barbecue. Go to, have a hot dog. Yeah. Yum. 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 Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast of Monday Morning Show. We deliver the fast five stories. You need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. Or also, family, subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. Or also, family, subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. Hope you guys have an amazing holiday weekend. We love you and we'll see you on Tuesday. Love ya. Bye.